Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, back with you after a brief hiatus. Uh, missed a week there due to some scheduling and all, but we're, we're back with a vengeance now. I got my co-host with me, just like I do every week, John Stefanczyk. John, how you doing tonight, bud? Trying to understand the world. So That's the first not... thing you said to me when I called you tonight. You just you said, just trying to understand the world. I feel like yeah, that's every day. But I didn't, I didn't give you my punchline. So... All right, here we go. So the French elect an IB with three years political experience, and its hail is a you mean uh, inter- international banker for our for investment who, banker. who might not know investment banker. Gotcha. Continue. Uh, he's married to his middle school drama teacher. True. Twenty two years elder. It's stranger that you're talking about the French election. Isn't that really the indicator that something weird? Well, I'm going just on? gonna say. I mean, the fact that an IB gets heralded as like the savior, given the context. I mean, what an inside job by Wall Street here. This working is, over this is hilarious. Time. So it's Wall Street. This is a great way to open the show, by the way. Our our old Miss Sports Podcast. An Very interesting theory. Job. An inside job. Um, James Comey's getting fired. Yep. Hillary Clinton's got a pack. Trump's just opening his mouth, and Jeff Vitter mm. gives in gives Hugh Freeze the one year rollover, and not Andy Kennedy. Yeah, obviously, this is what we're leading the show with tonight. That other stuff, that, that <laughs> politics talk, not important. We're here to talk Jeff Vitter. I know we you got need, a lot to say about it, John. We need a special prosecutor more than ever in society to handle these things. We need a special prosecutor to bust up the IHL. Like somebody needs to look into this, you know, is, is, has this entire thing removing Dan Jones, putting Vitter in place. Is this all just to, to get Andy Kennedy because he curses and got in a fight with a cab driver. And I don't know, has the most stable program at Ole Miss. I don't know. Um, this is, it's, it is crazy. I mean, if you haven't heard John's referencing, he said it obviously, but just to reiterate how silly this is, Jeff Vitter, uh, old Mrs. What second year chancellor, uh, decided that Hugh Freeze, the sports coach that's under major investigation by the NCAA, you know, facing extremely serious charges, probably facing you know at least an attempted show calls by the NCAA. He apparently is more worthy of a one year contract extension than Andy Kennedy, the coach who just finished one what, year twenty two and fourteen. Uh, NIT quarterfinal, never been in any NCAA trouble, uh, best recruiting class in school history. That coach apparently is on the hot seat, but not Hugh Freeze. It's just just ridiculous. They gave Freeze a one-year $5 million extension, mm-hmm. and they did not give AK a one-year $2 million extension. And some background, if you don't know, state law says that the longest contract a state employee can be under is four years. So it's pretty customary – 
at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and the other public schools that every year you roll over your coach's contract from a three-year to a four-year. It's mostly, I mean, it's not symbolic for the coaches. It's very real. You know, you're impacting their future earnings. But for for the rest of us, it's largely symbolic. It's about signaling to recruits, you know, that you have the utmost confidence in your coaches. There's really no reason not to do it unless, for instance, a coach is being investigated by the NCAA. But no, as we said, that's not the coach that Jeff Vitter decided was uh, deserving of some extra scrutiny and maybe uh, some extra pressure. No, he thought Hugh Freeze is doing good. You know, that five and seven team, John, they're, they're really on track. Whereas Andy Kennedy bringing back, you know, Brian Tyree, Terrence Davis, you know, brought in Dominic Olenicek from Drake, got this great recruiting class, you got junior college players, you got graduate transfers. He's the guy that, uh, you know, needs to do better or else he might not, he might not last at Ole Miss. That's, that's what's coming from Jeff Fitter. And so we need to get into this, John. We've talked about Vitter a good bit on the show. Uh, I think we've all generally agreed that he's a bit of a rube. He certainly doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to, you know, power conference sports. And so what that tells us is there's clearly something else going on here, don't you think? Jeff Vitter's not making this decision on his own, right? Something quirky is going on here. Because, right. like, you – I mean, take all of your criticisms of Jeff, of Jeff Vitter. I don't think any of them add up to – you know, being a hardliner that has his own opinions about the performance of coaches. It all adds up to, you know, being hapless and, and not really paying attention. And probably you would think just giving out extensions just because everything seems fine. It it doesn't really make any sense. And so obviously this led to these rumors. Um, there's someone powerful pulling the strings, right? There's someone that has a problem with Andy Kennedy. Uh, lots of names thrown around. We've heard denials from a lot of people. You know, the Tuies say it's not them. Um, I've heard Chancellor Kayat, and I've also heard people say it's it's not him. You know, it, it's it might be someone we've never heard of, but that donates you know million dollars a year or something. There are plenty of big money people in play here that that we not we don't necessarily know anything about. But I think it's clear that someone's pulling bitter strings on this one. It's it's a very strange situation. It really, I mean. It is baffling in so many ways. It doesn't add up. I mean, it's the, the logic. It's just not there. I'm trying to think of what. I mean, is there any is there any logical scenario for well, this? Well, I, I I understand doing this if you also didn't extend freeze, right? If this is purely about performance, right? Yeah. Five and seven, no extension. Missing the tournament, what was that, the second season in a row they did the play-in two years ago? Okay, don't extend them. Make it about performance. Make it about get to the NCAA tournament and we'll reward you. But that totally goes out the window when you reward Freeze for getting Ole Miss in what seems like really big trouble and having a bad season to boot. It just it, it It's not adding up. I mean, I would say... When, uh, when everything's said and done with this baseball season, it seems very likely that the team that had the best season this year will have been basketball. And it was with a young team that's losing Saez, and that's about it. Although now Bill Armstrong's gone. we got to talk about that as well. You know, a 10-year assistant under Andy Kennedy. Uh, and, and what people say is Kennedy's best recruiter leaves the day after – you know, this whole story comes out about AK's contract and goes to LSU, a divisional rival. So I, I think it would be ignorant to act like those two events are unrelated. Um, but it just, it makes no sense. You know, it would be one thing if Kennedy had a bad recruiting class this year 
and also had a team that was full of seniors that had, you know, not much to look forward to next season. But it's the opposite of that, you know, all, all signs point towards likely an NCAA tournament berth next year. I, I don't understand the logic. And I mean, it, we could be here all day, but I'm just going to chalk it up to just another decision in a series of decisions and actions. A W just, a W A O M decision, perhaps. Just baffles any logic. I mean, we've gone on and on about how Bjork, from a PR standpoint, has completely mm. botched this whole NCAA deal. I'd say Bjork, from a PR standpoint, is just absent. Bjork doesn't engage in PR. Bjork doesn't understand that that's pretty much his entire job. Yep. And that's that's bad. I mean, a, a a lack of a PR strategy is just as bad as a bad PR strategy when you're in Ole Miss's position. I mean, Vitter clearly. I mean, there's there's absolutely no explanation for rolling freeze over and not rolling over Kennedy. Well, really, I mean, it, it's not even like it's purely symbolic. I mean, this will be used against Kennedy in recruiting. And like I just mentioned, this seems to probably be the reason that Bill Armstrong leaving for LSU. It's just, it, it's it's not inconsequential. It's not symbolic. This is Vitter putting his foot down for what would seem to be the first time, John. What, what other decisive actions has Vitter taken? And the fact that he chooses this, to be the first time he's like, I'm going to make a statement in athletics. He doesn't He doesn't decide, oh, I'm going to tell Hugh Freeze that he's suspended until the COI meets because I don't approve of Ole Miss engaging in a lack of institutional control and, and you know, rampant Bitter cheating. He first class. He said he knew first class in the hostage video. He must know first class. Right? Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, right? Andy Kennedy is not first class. Andy Kennedy – is not the the country club type. I mean, first of all, he's what like six seven and bald and doesn't have any clothes that fit him. Like I don't think they'd let him on a golf course. Andy Kennedy would definitely wear plaid shorts to the golf course, but so would Vitter. That's what's so weird is like that's why this to me doesn't feel like a decision Vitter made in any way, shape, or form. My question is, who is this person, and why are they so important to Vitter that he just defers to them on this? Very odd. Clearly, someone powerful, and I've I've gotten that much from people that I know. Know you know this is this is not Vitter working on his own, and it's kind of it's kind of depressing that uh, that he doesn't make decisions for his own like this. He can't look at the evidence. And I think it's one thing. I think it would even be one thing if they came out and said, you know, we're not extending the contract because we believe in AK, but we have to see him perform, make it back to the tournament again. That's fine. They didn't release that statement until they were pushed by Clarion Ledger, Rebel Grove, um, I guess the Spirit, the other people that were breaking this story. I, I really think that that they they weren't even gonna they weren't even gonna discuss it until the media kind of pushed them on it. It's just it's it's just bizarre. I, I don't understand the motivation at all. And like you said, we could talk all day about how it's not understandable, but. I don't know, man. Trying to figure it out. Trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, if I do, I'll uh, I'll be sure to, to to clue the listeners in and, and you as well, John. But as of now, just a little pretty pretty befuddling, honestly, and and angry. I'm angry about this because, like I said, I think Kennedy's program is probably the most stable at Ole Miss right now. Bianco has some really good talent. Um, Freeze has a mass talent the last few seasons, but obviously Freeze's program is in serious jeopardy. Bianco is struggling. There's a lot of people that uh, just like this, just like every season, 
when Ole Miss is kind of lagging down the stretch, they say, this is year 14, this is year 15, this is now, what, year 16 of Bianco, insert whatever year it is, and they're always going to be upset with how his team's performing. But I, I really think after the way Kennedy's team finished the season, making the NIT quarterfinals, not not a great outcome, but like I said, this is a team that had one senior. This is this is not a team whose best days are behind them. To to act at this juncture in this way doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm sorry to be repetitive, John. I mean, if if you want to if you want to talk about it, we can stop talking about it. We can uh, we can end it there. It's just it's by far the strangest thing, coupled with the freeze extension and the way freeze has been treated in light of the second NOA. It's very odd. Like I said, we need a special prosecutor. I mean, that's the only solution to this at this point. I, I like that idea. Uh, it would be cool. I, I feel like we need to pick from our friends who should be the special prosecutor. I think Table would do a good job. I'm going to throw something out there for you, though. Um, yep. an, ab- an absolute dog, somebody that's going to go after the truth no matter what, not going to let the coaches off the hook. You know what I'm talking about. We need Brad Anders on this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Chancellor Vitter, run the touchdown play. What are you doing? Ugh, why would you do this? And it would just, just <laughs> on and on like that. It would be incredible. Officially, I would. I need Brad Anders to be the special prosecutor on Jeffrey Vitter. That's my. That's my final take on it. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. We could Morehouse too. We could have Morehouse. I mean, why not? Why not just let our former fraternity just litigate this whole thing right let's just we should as as always you know the entire prosecute the entire message of this podcast just like it's been from day one let me and john run the athletics department we know better we understand it i mean hell if we if we went about it with the same philosophy we do for this podcast we, we wouldn't even charge them for it geez like uh Ole miss has no idea the uh the resources they're squandering by not just putting us in charge you know what i mean Total waste of time on their part. Total waste of time. We're, we, they got us here every week. I mean, I know Ross listens. You know, I, I know Michael Thompson. They're listening for sure. I mean, how could they ignore this important commentary? I'm just saying, guys. Come on, we're we're basically advising you for free here. Uh, extend AK's contract. Fire freeze. Extend Bianco's contract. Obviously, I mean, I, I think anyone that wants to get rid of Bianco or AK at this point is just being silly. Uh, I mean, that's it's that simple. And, and Jeff Vitter, stay out of athletics. We, we need to talk about this, John, because you've been on the anti-Vitter train for a while now. I give you complete credit for that. But I also mm-hmm. want to say, when I defended Vitter, I thought he was going to stay out of this stuff. I thought he was going to leave athletics to the people that care about athletics. Uh, no, he put his finger in the it, pie. In, a, in the dumbest possible way. And now I officially have no patience for Vitter. And uh, I, I should also say that Vitter is, has gotten a little political on Twitter lately. He, uh, he said that Ole Miss was going about contextualizing Confederate history the right way and said that New Orleans was erasing their history. So uh, I, I think it's obvious, John, that the season tickets are not selling. Uh, and Chancellor Vitter knows where his bread's buttered in the, uh, in the 30 to 70-year-old Ole Miss demographic. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, I think we can expect more of the same out of Vitter, more stupid sports decisions, more needlessly getting involved in, uh, political fracases that the chancellor of our university should just stay out of. Um, and yeah, this is what we got, John, that we have this stupid system called the IHL and there's really nothing we can do about it. Well, if enough money walks away, just watch uh, it burn. I don't even know if they care. I, the IHL doesn't care about that. That's for sure. 
the Ole Miss Board of Trustees would care. Um, I did see, I did see Matt Seuss this weekend. Nice. You know, How's he doing? He, actually, he is a lawyer. He could prosecute. He could. He could do it. I would. I would also put Seuss in charge for sure. Seuss is no nonsense. He's. He yeah. would get after them in exactly we, the we way they need to handle this. We can have a committee for this. We could definitely, we could definitely do this. So, um, just hit us up, uh, Ross at LandSharksAfterDark at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, and and we'll we'll get back with you, and we'll set something up. We can do a Skype session or something just to kind of formalize it. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great plan. It's gonna work out for That'll sure. Work out for sure. Uh, let's let's talk about the draft, I guess. John, what do you think? Because we we missed it. Well, we didn't miss it. We recorded an episode, uh, what was that, about 11 days ago during the we, first round. We were live in the first round. Yeah. I was and, going for work last week. Yeah, and I was just, I was moving. So, I mean, we, I don't, you know. Moving. It, we bought a com- We bought a little company. Uh, I was in St. Louis, got a shout-out to uh, the former roommate, Brandon Waking. Shout-out. <clears throat> lives two blocks from Bush Stadium in St. That's Louis. That's cool. Did y'all, did y'all see any games? Uh, they were out of town. But uh, looks like I'm gonna be back in town potentially for Memorial Day down there. So, hell yeah! Well, you gotta you gotta get back. That'd be awesome. Exactly. Um, so we got that. Uh, saw him. Saw Tam. Oh, I missed Tam. I, I Tom. I mean, I would also put Tom in charge of the uh, the independent commission. I think sure. we should just have a three day event where yeah. we just line them up. I did. I did decide watching the Derby with Seuss that uh, if I ha- if I ever had a Derby horse, mm. I would name it in honor of the hostage video. Mm. The current situation at Ole Miss, lock them up would be mm. the name of my. Mm. Mm. So good, so good. That's that is a good yeah. question. Ideal racehorse names. I mean, there's so many good ideas. Um, I didn't. I didn't see the Derby. <laughs> Uh, what was the name of the horse that won again? Magical Thinking or something? Uh, no, like, you know, I don't even remember. It's a definitely... Irish War Cry was who I picked, and he faded at the end. I do so. like that. I mean, that's a good, that's a that's an all-name pick for sure. I like that. Uh, exactly. Wait, was like it the, not? He's like the number two favorite. He's like the co-favorite. Hmm. Hold on. I got I to gotta look at this now because I feel like I tried at the edge of it. Like that. Uh, well, I don't, how is this not, is it? I don't understand how Google's not doing better about telling me this here. Uh, let me click on the Wikipedia page. This is a great pod, I know. Um, really good. Really solid. Well, maybe I'll figure it out at some point. But let's see. what. How, how else was St. Louis? Did you, did you do anything else fun? No baseball, obviously. Did you walk around? It was good. 70 out of cloud in the sky on Sunday. Oh, Got beautiful. The, uh, Got the tour from locals. That was good. It's awesome. Very cool. So. Very cool. Um, let's see. We'll we'll talk about the draft first and then get back to baseball. But just to recap, since we last talked, Ole Miss pulled off a surprising series win at Arkansas. Uh, just limped through the midweek with an absolutely terrible uh, UL Monroe team. I believe that's which UL team it was. Um, and then got swept at Florida and just, uh, just pretty much outclassed at every turn by the Gators. They outpitched Ole Miss. They outhit Ole Miss. They played better defense. Uh, but the good news is I think Florida might be a legit national seed this year. Um, I was impressed with their offense. Um, let's see. We've got A&M coming up this weekend, I think. We can, we can loop back around to this in a while. Um, let's, let's talk about the draft, John. 
right after we stopped recording that first round show, uh, Ole Miss did have Evan Ingram go to the Giants in the first round. That's that's pretty cool, huh? I mean, it's it's been, what, 11, 12 days since we talked, and obviously this has faded a good bit, but still cool for Ole Miss fans to be able to watch Eli throw to Evan. That's, that's exciting, and I think it's a good fit in that offense, too. I think it's – I mean – I think Evan will do well in New York. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would he, think with the other receivers they have, he'll be able to get open some down the field. Yeah, we'll he'll see. be fine. You know what? Let's just get to it. Derek Jones drafted in the sixth round. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I mean, Womack, they squandered his talent because they couldn't mm. – Commit him to a position and get him to get something, get more. Did out. they squander his talent, or is the NFL making the same mistake that Womack made a few years ago when he was said that Derek Jones was going to be a first round talent just based on his hips? Yeah, that's a fair question. I mean, it's 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 really a question because we always heard with Derek Jones that part of the problem was he wasn't willing to play DB. He wanted to play wide receiver, and like that to me, that says you're not a surefire NFL talent at a position, right? Because if you really were, you would just put all your effort into getting better at that, right? I I think there's more there than just the measurables. Obviously, Derek is a bit of a, I wouldn't say a head case, but maybe high maintenance, a high maintenance player. Is that fair to say? I just, I feel like if he truly had that, that top round DB talent, it would have emerged more than just that one pick six against Georgia, you know? Yeah, I think strange, pretty, strange pick pretty. for sure. But I, I think it has to just be on his measurables. Yeah. He's tall. He runs really well. Apparently, you know, has the 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 hip rotation or whatever. You know, for your DB, he's got to run backwards. Yeah, all of that. Quick hit. It's all about the quick hips. Right. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I I only time will tell. Um, I do. I I hope the best for Derek. He seems like a really nice guy. Um, you know, it would be great if it worked out in the NFL for him. I, but my gut tells me right now that, you know, his college experience kind of bared out what we can expect out of him making that jump at the next level. We'll see. We'll see. Um, some other picks, DJ Jones. Let's see. He went to the 49ers. That's good. Um, Chad Kelly, got to talk about that. Mr. Irrelevant with the final pick to the Broncos. Did you see the picture of uh, him and his family when they heard the news? Yeah. So sweet. Old. So sweet. I, I, I feel I'm, I'm happy for Chad, even though, you know, it's the last pick. Mr. Irrelevant's kind of weird, John. I didn't really know much about it until now. I still don't quite understand why it's such an honor to be the last pick, but they, there's like a, a getaway week for them and like a parade yeah. and stuff. It's very strange. But good for Chad, and I mean, he's gotten pretty good pub since it happened. People have said, you know, he he has the real chance to compete against Paxton Lynch, and was it Trevor Simeon? Is that his name? The uh, the veteran guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. That'd be cool. I would love to see Chad beat out Paxton Lynch after Paxton Lynch beat Chad in Memphis a couple years ago. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. It would also be fun if Chad was the starting QB for the Broncos and Dak was starting QB for the Cowboys. That's fun. That's fun. It would be very entertaining for all this. Mm-hmm. So what else you got on the draft, John? That's really about it. I mean, honestly, the coverage is like, this guy failed a drug test. This guy hit a woman. This guy did it's depressing. this. Yeah, it's, it's depressing. I mean, it was, it was absurd. And, uh, they all booed Goodell. Imagine that. Shocking. I mean, I mean, whatever. I'm just 
Whatever towards football. Who, who should be booed more, Roger Goodell or Mark Emmert? Uh, ooh. As an old Miss fan, you know, it's tempting to go with Emmert, but I feel like Goodell's despicableness is, is more widely held. Because unless the NCAA has your school on some dumb investigation, how much do you really care about Emmert? Unless, you know, you're just one of those people that thinks about the unjustness of college sports in general. They're bo- they're both bad hombres. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love that you've adopted that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Who's going to who's gonna catch a pass first next year, John? Evan Ingram or Laquan Treadwell? Um... Evan Ingram. Yeah. Laquan caught one all of last year. Does Laquan have a bounce? This could be a topic another day. Does Laquan, Laquan get it together and actually contribute? Or I don't know. I still I still don't know. I'm still wondering that. You know, And I'm still wondering how much of the year he had last year is to blame on you know the Vikings coaching staff just not liking – his skill set and this fact he was a rookie and how much of it was, you know, he wouldn't have made it on any team. I don't know. I mean, are we sure that there's a role for someone with his speed? Like, are there other possession receivers with that lack of speed in the Tom NFL? Bolden runs like a four yeah. seven. That's true. Eight. That's true. Say yes. I have a hard, you know. I would say yes, but he, he can't mess up any routes and he can't drop any ball anywhere close to his catch radius. I, I feel like if he wants to be a solid NFL starter. You know, he's, he's, just got, he's got to figure out how to play him. You know, the league. Yeah. I and maybe, maybe he's learning. I don't know. Gun to my head. He like is a solid rotation receiver for him this year. A gun to my head, you know, everything except for last season pointed to this guy's going to be really good. So we'll see. I mean, I think it's too early to write him off. What kind of, um, what kind of contract do you get? when you get drafted in the first round? Like, do you automatically get multiple Four years? Year. I know there's slot money. Four-year guarantee. Okay. okay, so he he even if he never played, he would still make significant money just from being drafted where he was drafted, right? Yeah. That's solid. That's solid. Hoping the best for Laquan. Big fan. Uh, we should definitely mention uh, Memorial Stringfellow. Probably the thuggiest player uh, on Ole Miss's team last year joining up with our, our former all thug and also really good player Laramie Tunsil in Miami um, that fits I was I was happy to hear they were going to be reunited was he a free agent? yeah 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 free agent but honestly I think Stringfellow is going to be in the league for a while that that dude is just a stud I mean I if, he, if he cares enough he'll, he'll play and I, I think money will make him care We'll see, yeah. we'll see. But I think it, I think it will. Um, yeah, I mean, there were multiple times this past season where, yeah, he would disappear from games, but then he would make plays like that diving catch into the end zone versus Alabama, where you're just like, holy crap! Like yeah. this guy has just crazy physicalness, crazy hands. I, I think Stringfellow has as good of a chance as Laquan to be a contributor. That's just, that's just my personal opinion. We'll see. You're right about the mental. It's definitely a mental approach difference between Laquan and Stringfella. It's crazy that that could be the difference between a first-round pick and undrafted free agent, just attitude. But it really, I mean, it, it probably is. You know, if Stringfella hadn't had the attitude problems and, you know, the assaulting strangers and women problems he did at Washington, um, I, I don't see why he couldn't have been 
drafted a lot higher, drafted at all. You know, I think it has to be attributed to attitude. Crazy. Um, let's see. A lot of other people signed. I don't even know what the total number was that ended up on a roster in some form or another. Tony Connor got a, a camp invite, I think, but you know, don't see that going anywhere. Sadly, still pretty torn up about all that. Great player, reduced to you know, not even a Canadian leaguer probably by yeah, an injury at Alabama. Four first rounders out of that recruiting class, and Tony Connor wasn't one of them. I mean, yeah, crazy, crazy. Who would have thought? Do you do you think uh, do you think Haynes would have gone in the first two rounds this year if he had left? Ooh, no, 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 no. No? What position does he play in the NFL? It's a good question. I mean, he's a tweener for sure, but how much heavier? I guess Miles Garrett has, what, a good 40 pounds on him? 50. It's 50 pounds on him? Jeez, Garrett is just so stacked. Dude. He's so ripped. Okay, Miles Garrett's 271. I want to say Haynes is like 235 or 40, right? 227 or something like that. Jeez. He's under 230. That's that's too small. That's too small. Yeah, 223, you're right. Jeez, that's, yeah, you're right. That's that's too small. But I think we're going to see him at linebacker some next year probably. I mean, that's got to be the plan for him, right, is to to get him some linebacker reps and hope he takes to it, and that would be his position in the league, right? Yep. Is he more of an outside linebacker or middle linebacker? Outside linebacker, right? He's an outside linebacker. All right, because you, you pass rush in that scenario. Yeah. He's a pass rusher. Yeah. So. For sure. Um interesting for sure. The, the Bears get the Bears trade moving up a spot for Trubisky was That nice. was crazy. And we talked about that some on the show. We were actually watching it, but yeah, I feel like it took time to set in like what are they what was that about? So weird. And I mean the question was did did Jay Cutler announce that he was retiring before or after the draft? After. And he so, said he had a He's just going to be a commentator, right? So. so I mean, maybe they maybe they knew that was coming. I mean, that doesn't totally it doesn't justify taking a so dude that played at UNC Mike one Glennon year. Give Mike Glennon three years. I mean, yeah, I it's very strange. No logic here. And what he went eight and five as a starter at UNC in his one year. Yeah. It's just it's, yeah, exactly it's so weird, man. And and Chad Kelly's Mister Irrelevant, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's NFL teams pretty much just care about quarters, quarterbacks' bodies. I mean, that's that's pretty much their only determinant, it seems. Yep. Oh, let's see here, John. Baseball. Yeah, let's talk about baseball. Um, I thought, I mean, they had a shot at sweeping um, Arkansas for sure. Yeah. Both that get away, then they turn around and go get swept in Gainesville. I yeah, mean, and and Ole Miss kind of tried to blame game one on a walk. I don't know if you saw this, but the the prevailing narrative coming out of game one was that there was this like 12 pitch at bat, like 18 pitch at bat or something with the bases loaded. Uh, the Florida batter drew the walk and then the next batter hit a grand slam. I mean, MacArthur just wasn't having a good night. I, I It was strange because Olenek is out for the weekend, had a concussion from the dumb midweek game. Uh, against a terrible team. So you had Golson in center field. That put Tim Rowe in right field. And, I mean, there's a reason that Tim Rowe only played DH for the majority of the year coming up into now. I mean, he's not 
good at all defensively out there. There was a, a foul pop up, and Florida has a lot of foul ground, more than most places you play. But he was a good. 15 feet away from it when it fell yet it seemed like it hung up for a really long time you have to think if Golson is playing right field there's a chance he catches that uh and then you know you never get to the bases loaded situation to begin with so I kind of I thought that was more important than that that long at bat that MacArthur ended up walking the guy on um but like I said MacArthur wasn't crisp in game one and he has been really good uh except for one other game this year forgot which one it was but uh He's he's solid. I still like the rotation as it currently is with MacArthur, Rollison, Parkinson. Um, and I've been really impressed with Fortez playing first base. He's been really good defensively. Um, kind of really shakes things up for next year if we're assuming Fortez is going to stay at first base. Cooper Johnson's going to play catcher. Where does that leave Cole Zabowski um, is an interesting question. Um, I really like Brian Seamster this weekend. I don't know if you if you saw any of the games. I, that kid's spunky. He reminds me of uh, who was who was a little short kid whose dad coaches travel ball that wore the chains and and cursed and stuff, and he transferred after one or two years. You know what I'm talking about? It's like an Italian name or something. Oh, jeez. A couple years ago, you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of who Seamster reminds me of. He's he's a gritty little short guy. Got some power. He can play in the outfield apparently. Um, you know, you know what's going to be really interesting, John, is does uh, Kyle Watson find a place to start next year? He hadn't this year, so. Yeah, I know. In the outfield, maybe. I, we're going to lose Golson, Blackman, Bortles, I believe. There's a chance Blackman or Golson could come back, but we've talked about this on the show before, about how if you're a junior and you come back, you lose all leverage with the MLB. Um, so I think we're going to need to replace right fielder, third baseman, second baseman. People have talked about Bryce Blom playing second base. He hasn't really gotten much playing time at all this year, which kind of makes me a little worried that he hasn't even, you know, pinch hit or anything like that. You know, what does that say about his offense? It's a long, long off season, obviously to get better. Um, we've heard Cockrell can play third, but I mean, Cockrell's bat hasn't even really been good enough to make up for the fact that he's terrible at first base. So that doesn't really inspire a ton of confidence in me. Um, But it'll be interesting. It's a big, it'll be a big off season for Bianco because, you know, you would think if he can keep developing these guys, you know, Dillard, Kessinger, Cooper Johnson. um, I mean, hell, Fortes, keep keep bringing him along. uh, He's going to have a good offensive team and they're already good defensively. The pitching should be good. So he has to figure out, you know, how to replace these key lineup holes, Bortles, Golson, uh, Blackman, obviously the leadoff guy who's been coming on as of late. But if he's able to, I think the team's going to be really good. Yeah, um, I mean, I agree. It, I, I wonder if Zabowski can play third. Go on. Maybe. I mean, it'd be... he's tall. He's really too tall. Who do they have coming in? Do they have a couple more bats coming in? Maybe. It's a good question. I feel like we never really look at the recruiting classes until after the draft, you know. But I'm gonna that, let me try to pull it up. Play. Let me try to pull it up. Like last year, I really didn't even realize Ole Miss had such a good class until the draft was over, and they all looked safe, you know. Um. Okay, here's a two four seven twenty seventeen baseball recruits. Uh, okay. Well, C47 not ranked. There's only there's like 
three, four, one stars. It's very strange. Well, this is not a good. This is not a good ranking to look at. It's hard to look at baseball. It really, but... it really is. Um, I know that 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 super stud recruit that we're, we're that will probably get drafted isn't until next year, I believe. I think Joe Gray. I think he he's only a junior. Yeah, sure. So I think I think I I, I want to say. So I don't think that that's a possibility, but I don't know. I mean, I I trust Bianco to to know what he needs and and go find people. And I trust Bianco to bring in some more good pitching. And some of these guys that haven't gotten a ton of innings this year will probably be really good next year. I mean, uh, my buddy Jacob has been saying all year in a normal Ole Miss recruiting year, uh, Greer Holston would have been the star of the class. I mean, this is a super solid you know power yeah. righty. Uh, yeah. that's, that's been an afterthought in this class. But he's got weekend starter potential for sure. Guys like Houston Roth that have been in the bullpen. Um, I mean, Jason Barber, zero ERA for two years, I believe, at Oxford High School. Um, he's only played as a pinch runner this year. So there's definitely room to grow with this roster. Um, and like, like we've talked about, the defense is already decent and the pitching's already really good. So assuming we don't totally blow it and, you know, like get a bunch of people hurt or something. I mean, hell, State had like 10 Tommy Johns this year and they're one of the best teams in the league. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. But assuming we don't get some bad injury luck, the pitching staff should be really, really solid next year, just like they are this year. Agree. I think next, I mean, one of the next two years they'll make a run. I think so too. And that's assuming Jeff Vitter doesn't fire Bianca before they get to make a run. Point. You say it's unfireable. That anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right about that. We are. We're dealing with. Uh, what's his nickname? B. John. What's a. What's a. What's a mean adjective that starts with a J sound? Hmm. I think freeze is unfireable at this point. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Jesus yeah, Christ. I'm trying to think of an adjective. Okay, so d- just so t- we'll we'll keep thinking about that, like. Um, joker jeff or something like that we'll, we'll get back to that but uh, i mean just to reiterate or maybe not sorry not to reiterate to make the argument that someone might try to make with us i, I think the logic on freeze is no matter what his contract length is at if you have cause meaning the ncaa gives him a show cause uh that would that would qualify as calls for firing it won't matter so i think the counter argument would be you know, extending Freeze's contract is mostly just symbolic. Um, it's it's a way to you know try to maybe trick some some more recruits. Uh, by the way, two two commitments now, John. I don't know if you heard. Uh, not not a totally empty recruiting class currently anymore. So happy days. Um, two two commitments. Who's the second one? It's like some white lineman from Ohio, Blaine Scott. Oh, that's some offensive all. offensive lineman. Next, Austin Golson, probably. Um. So I mean, I I think Freeze's contract is more symbolic, but I I I don't think that not giving Kennedy an extension like that to me that seems like it it's rooted in some real world, you know, Machiavellian scheming. And I think like like we talked about earlier, it's already having results. I mean, Bill Armstrong to LSU, not great, not great. Um, speaking of basketball, John, have you seen uh? We talked about it on the show. I don't know the team that Marshall Henderson's trying to get into the the three on three tournament. 
Oh, I didn't see this. It's pretty cool. He's got like uh he's got like AK All Stars basically. Um, it's like him, Murphy, Reggie, um, Chris Warren, Steph Moody. Out of group, Marshall, Reg, and uh, Murph. I mean, that's yeah. There's that, but then, but he actually got he got the best players from the other eras too. Um, man, I, I'm I'm blanking on some of the Warren Polonese. Uh, I don't think he got Polonese, but Chris Warren. And then there's a there's a big man. Uh, who was that? The big man that was good, like six years ago. I don't remember. I don't remember Morning. either. But names you definitely recognize. It should be fun. Uh, I think they're coached. No, nah, they weren't coached by Armstrong, but they were coached by one of the other AK assistants, I believe. I don't know much about that tournament. I, I know that you have to, like, vote or something. Like, the teams have to get voted to get in or something. But hopefully they make it, because that would be fun to watch those guys on a 3v3 tournament. That'd be fun. Marshall and Steph. And Chris Warren is the best shooter of all of them, right? Just ran in threes. Yep. And uh, I do I do miss uh, Reggie and Murphy under the basket, man. Those are good times. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back when Ole Miss used to win things. Yep. Um, I don't know, John Wilson. I feel like every time we do this, you know, when I end the show, I get off and I immediately think of something like, oh, we didn't talk about this. Oh, I got something. I got something funny. Did you see – where Ole Miss was playing, I believe, Alabama in softball, and the Alabama player hit a home run, and then during her celebration, she jumped over home plate, and Ole Miss tagged her out. It's pretty hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine watching a baseball game and somebody hit a home run, and they got so caught up in the the coming into home celebration, they jumped over the plate into their teammates. It's so funny. It's really funny to watch, and I I, I enjoyed. Uh, I saw a photo on Twitter from Ole Miss picks. Ole Miss hit like a grand slam or something this last weekend. And as the player was coming into home, all the Ole Miss players are pointing at the plate. It's really funny. That's just a total savage burn uh, on that Alabama player. So that was good. That was funny. I don't know how often you see that, whether it's baseball or softball. Is there is there a midweek game this week, John, in baseball? I'm pulling up the schedule. I, c- I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I, I feel like it's about the time for the midweek stand. I think maybe like um, – No exams are this week. So no, yeah, probably no midweek then, right? Week, yeah. Um, they host him, and then they go to to Auburn. To Auburn, which is shitty because Auburn's been playing really well this season. Um, yeah. I have no idea what to expect this weekend with A and M. They've been all over the board this year. They've been they started out highly ranked. They did terribly. They looked as bad as we did at that Houston tournament. Um, for Ole Miss, I mean, if you don't, if Ole Miss didn't win two out of three, I don't see them making the NCAA tournament. Probably not. There's, there's not a ton of margin for error um, now that you got swept at Florida. They're at twenty nine and twenty, eleven and thirteen in the conference. So they need. Gosh, I mean, what is the RPI right now? They need to win both series, don't they? Feel comfortable. They need to win both series. Now they can Jeez. probably maybe get in at fourteen and sixteen. Yeah, the RPI the RPI was decent after the Arkansas win, but I don't know about Florida. Probably didn't hurt too much. Florida's like number seven in the RPI. Could have almost helped them as weird as RPI. Yeah, can. yeah, yeah. Really. Thirty three RPI. So, so fourteen wins and a thirty three RPI gets you. They actually have a higher RPI than Auburn, which is interesting. That is interesting. That's worrisome. It's in Auburn's 14 and 10, 32. I mean, that's 
We'll see what they can come up with here. Stay yeah, I don't, I don't think it's impossible by any stretch. I think you can definitely win the series with A&M at home um, and then just go into Auburn and just hope you're playing your best, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I I still think that they probably find their way in, but here's the thing, John. Is Ole Miss going to be the three in Hattiesburg? Is that what we're angling for right now? Oh, God. That's pretty much what we're headed towards. I mean, that's that seems to be the consensus. Did they not sweep they Southern? Did. They did. They did sweep Southern, but Southern's still having a great season. What's Southern, what's Southern RPI? Oh, let's look it up here. Let's look at uh, Conference USA. Somehow still around. <laughs> 19. Yeah. There you go. Oh, God. They're, how do they sweep Southern this year? Makes no sense. I just, I, I mean, one of the wins came on a intentional pitch error walk off. So, I mean, that's, that's part of the part of your answer right there is barely. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they, they swept Southern and got swept by Memphis. So, not, not totally out of character. Don't worry. Classic. Classic. Um, so that would be interesting, John. How what what do you think about Mississippi State national seed matched up with the Southern Regional as their super and Ole Miss as a three in Hattiesburg? How's that? How's that for some uh, fu Mississippi? That sounds perfect. That 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 actually does sound perfect to me. I mean, I don't care. Like Ole Miss has already been embarrassed by State this year, getting swept. I mean, whatever. Who cares if? If you somehow made it to the Super and then got beat by State, there's no shame in that. I mean, just making it that far this year would be a huge accomplishment. Um, I think what's more likely to happen is Ole Miss gets in as a three in Hattiesburg. Um, They lose to the two in game one, and then they lose to the four in game two, and that's probably it. Yep, I would agree. And we'll see. And we'll see. But that's that would be likely, even though Ole Miss should, I mean, have a good – pitching setup going into the weekend. I mean, we'll see what happens in Hoover. I don't know. Is I don't know. Is, is winning in Hoover good for anything other than just auto-qualifying if you aren't going to get in? Like, does it really help your seating? Depends on who you talk to and what year. I mean, Yeah, and who you beat in Hoover, probably. Weird. It is weird. It, it's Hoover's kind of like recruiting in baseball and that like it's it's counterintuitive like sometimes you it's smarter just to lose and go home it's very it's very strange baseball is full of uh just you know quirky quirky things like that that's why we love it um let's see who's uh who's gonna win the sec is is state gonna win it again is it state or florida i presume i think so yeah i think those are the the leading contenders uh, I mean, Arkansas, before Ole Miss won the series with them, was still up there. They they might still be in decent standing. I'm not sure. Um, uh, I'm, I'm realizing now that the, the way the Ole Miss baseball schedule works is it preserves the ranking at the time of the game. That's pretty silly uh, yeah. for these past games. Like, that's just confusing. It's... You remember when? Remember when we beat number six East Carolina, John? Those uh, yeah. those awesome pirates. What's what's their RPI at? Oof. Uh, they would be. They're conference USA, correct? Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah I'm pulling up college baseball too. No, they're not. They are. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna control F them. They are 86th in the American Athletic Conference. 86 RPI, four and 14 in conference, John. Holy cow! 24 and 24 overall. So you know, 
wish they were better for Cliff Goblin's sake, but also because, you know, we, we did them the solid of scheduling a series with them to start the year. But that has not helped out much uh, since since then. Um, where is Let's see where Wilmington is because they were supposed to be okay this year. Um, let's see. Oh, they're, oh, wow. They're, they're at 159. So they've, they've really dropped off as well. They're, I mean, they're, eh, I guess they lost a lot of non-conference. 12 and six in the colonial 24 and 22 overall. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's part of what misses problem right now, right? Is these teams that we thought were going to boost the RPI have not done much this year. Uh, a little bit of bad luck on that. On yeah. That yeah. I mean, how do you, I mean, Mike scheduled a good schedule. We said that, Let's see, where's Furman at? Furman's at 127. So yeah, so of the non-conference weekends, pretty much the only one that helps your RPI is that tournament we went 0-3 at, it would seem. So that's good. That's a good sign. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what happens this weekend. With Texas A&M, uh, six games left. Ole Miss really needs to go five and two, but we'll see. I predict. I predict, win the series against A and M, win one against Auburn, probably what happens. Sneak in the tournament as a three seed. Sne- yeah, sneak in just because the field's bad, you know, and then pro- probably go prompt zero and two exit, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. You got anything else you want to talk about this week, John? I think that's it. Yeah, anybody definitely wants- the most important stuff we had to get out was was Vitter. Anybody that wants to join the special prosecution committee can uh, tweet at us. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. Just uh, hit hit up at Sharks AFTR Dark with your at reply uh, to be considered for our our special commission. But we're gonna have some listening sessions, right, John? We gotta hear we gotta hear from the rank and file. That's yeah. important. Um, so we'll be we'll be on RebelGrove.com message board with a thread to hear from you know the the sane fans out there that have rational opinions. Um, it's funny, John. I, who is who is more frenzied and crazy right now? The Hugh Freeze defenders or the Mike Bianco should be fired crowd? And it's probably the same crowd, honestly. A lot of overlap. Yeah, I don't know. You're closer to it than me. Yeah, I mean, I, but... I think the Bianco crowd, because they, they just get more and more irrational. That's true, that's true, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's probably more ground to stand on in defending Freeze than there is saying Bianco should be fired with his resume. And yeah. But, I mean, let's end with this, John, but serious question. What do you do if you're Ole Miss and you have a coach like Bianco that just wins enough and, I mean, Kennedy can be the same way. Just wins enough to make saying he should be fired sound silly. But never really – because every school wants the big success. Every school wants, you know, to make a run. And and the realistic schools know that you can't expect it but once every, you know, several decades. But still, you know, if you're Vitter or Bjork or whatever other dumbass you want to say is in charge of things, I mean, what can you really do there? It's a It's a tough situation for sure. Not to say Bianco should be fired. Obviously, don't think that. But I just don't. I don't know. I mean, if he if he's here another five years, never sniffs Omaha again, is that is that long enough? Like, what's the when do you cut it off? It's a tough situation. Yeah. I'll I'll seed that. But I still think Bianco's got a good team in the wings. We'll see how it goes. 
I mean, I, Bianco should be coached, should, I mean, no doubt, regardless of what he gets, you know, ride this recruiting class through yeah. and, you know, see where they can go. Because, I mean, it's, 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 first of all, it's just too risky to change coaches when he has this bevy of young talent. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to upset that apple cart because, like I said, you, you don't really get that many chances to make a run in any sport. Um, these kids seem like maybe they could do it, so we'll see. Looking forward to next year, although this season's not quite over yet. We'll, uh, we'll be back with you probably in about a week to talk about the outcome of the game this weekend, talk about whatever other uh, stupid-ass decisions are made by the administration of our school. John, you know you know what? We got, a, uh, we got an NOA response coming out pretty soon, I think, so that's going to be a fun episode, I'm sure. Um, dig into uh, you know either Ole Miss's insane delusional defenses or maybe dig into some of the uh, – <laughs> Bitter's the AK stupidity is just prepping us for the next round of stupidity with the NOA. Probably, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's trying to distract us from uh, yeah. what will likely be a, a flailing non-defense defense that just completely falls flat. But we'll see. You know, should note that uh, there's apparently renewed optimism around the Ole Miss administration that you know Ole Miss is going to prevail against the COI. You, you know, John – how uh, how often people prevail against you know faceless authorities that have no uh, you know checks on their power you know people always prevail against that. That is absolutely fake news that they're gonna there's favorable. I would agree. I would agree with you on that, John. That is just ridiculous. I agree, and this is coming from the the upper echelons of Ole Miss leadership once again. Um, I think they're trying to sell some season tickets before. Uh, for the COI convenes, we will see. I want to know where they stand right now compared to where they did this time last year. I mean, year. I, I honestly think that we're seeing some some signs of, of desperation and panic that lead me to believe they still have a lot to sell. I really think that. We'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. We'll, we'll definitely uh, dig into the uh, the response to the NOA whenever we get it. We'll get to see, you know, how much we were misled by the, the panel of hostages, all of that. I mean, I, I would pretty much say any any Friday now, be on the lookout for it. I, I think we're in the window now where any, any Friday news dump time could be the one. So keep an eye out for that. But, uh, of course, thank you for listening. Um, you can check out our website, landsharksafterdark.com. You can view old episodes there. Um, I already said our email earlier in the show. I don't really know why you need to email us unless you know you are Ross Bjork and you want to get the commission set up. I agree with that. Um, of course, I mentioned our Twitter account. You can follow us there at sharksaftrdark. Um, but for now, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it right there. For John, I'm Justin. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.